0: Welcome to Divisive Issues, a spoiler-filled, foul-mouthed comic book podcast where we talk about comic books, but today we're not talking about comic books. I'm here with Ariel. Hello! She's going to help me intro this audio masterpiece.
1: <laughs> a masterpiece.
0: So what am I going to be talking about today?
1: Comics and, um... <laughs> yes. A new readers of comics.
0: Yes. So you're kind of a new reader, right?
1: I don't know. How many years is a new a new reader?
0: I don't know, according to some of these segments, like twenty.
1: Oh, well, then yes, I'm a brand new reader to comment.
0: <laughs> yes so we're gonna I'm gonna play a quick word association game with you. Uh-oh. So I'm gonna say the hosts that we have that Uh-oh. I spoke with, and you're gonna tell me the first thing you think of when you hear them. So first is Daryl. Daryl okay, that's, I guess that's what you think of. What about Matt?
1: Matt, super fan, Matt
0: Yeah, And what about Tracy?
1: Tracy. She likes to talk a lot about comics.
0: Okay, so that's that sounds pretty good. So that's who we're gonna be talking to. So as a new fan, I want you to open the show just by giving three recommendations for new comic book readers. What should they read if they've never read comic books before? Oh. What are
1: your,
0: What are your three favorite first time books?
1: I love Saga.
0: Okay, Saga by Image. Good.
1: Miss Marvel.
0: Miss Marvel. Good.
1: Let's go with Hawkeye.
0: So Miss Marvel, Hawkeye. <laughs> And Saga. Perfect.
1: And here's Daryl.
0: I'm here with Daryl, regular Hi. host of Divisive Issues and Oops! I Talk Politics. How you doing, Daryl?
2: Hey, I thought I was a permanent guest. I said, oh
0: yeah, I forgot about that bit.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you need to keep the canon straight, man. All right,
0: but this is the episode, the bonus episodes while Phil's gone are Elseworlds. They take place outside of the main uh, continuity.
2: They're like Marvel's What If series. <laughs> yes.
0: <laughs> well, you're not supposed to know these things. <laughs> you're betraying the brand.
2: What if I told you I had What If comics as a kid? Oh, no. <laughs> Only like a couple. One of them was if Spider-Man kept his six arms, which I have no idea even how he got six arms.
0: Oh, that's Spider-Man issue 101, I believe.
2: Wow. <laughs> I don't know.
0: He's got, he's, he became man spider. I don't know. <laughs> so.
2: I thought the man spider was the guy that he was a man, but he had all spiders inside of him.
0: Oh, that's a Garth Ennis idea. You know, the guy who made the boys.
2: <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. it was pretty, it was pretty, like, dark.
0: Okay, so anyway, apparently you know a bunch, but I'm supposed to be talking <laughs> to you about being, like, a relatively new and uninitiated comic book fan. Mm. And right before we started recording, you were like, oh, I have all these boxes of comics from when I was a kid, so this segment is a lie. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, it's also weird because we we got into a discussion on our uh, Facebook page about, whether or not like I'm a fan, and I still didn't consider, and I still kind of don't consider myself a fan of comics because I don't go out and like uh, purchase them and read them on my own time. I read them primarily for this podcast. Mm-hmm. Whereas like I, I like watch the movies kind of on my own.
0: Well, I your mom's really into comics, right?
2: Yes, she's a big fan. She was the one that pretty much got me into comics, and it was because my uncle was really into comics as a kid too, and he kind of like. His hobby slowly became her hobby as they talked about it. And they're the only ones that have, like, my family that really like comics. Well, I mean, other than, like, my uncle's kids. And actually, no, and my brother. Everybody, (laughs) everybody I know. (laughs) Yeah, a lot of people read comics. (laughs) But um, so as kids, like, we go to a comic shop, and when she'd be looking to buy stuff for Fantastic Four, her favorite series, uh, she'd pick up stuff for us that we had, like, a feigning interest in.
0: Okay, so then, when
2: did that, like, stop? Uh, I don't know the exact years, but I, I mean, I got, like, a lot of Captain America comics. He was my favorite superhero, and I have a lot of, like, Spider-Man and Iron Man stuff. Not a lot of, like, DC stuff. I'd say it went around until I was, like, probably, like, 10 to 12, like, okay. a middle school range, where I was just, like, like, I don't need to be picking up comics and reading them anymore. I actually I switched gears to manga for quite a while.
0: So does your mom still like go to the shop and buy books?
2: She doesn't go there. No, she used to go pretty frequently to pick up issues, but she she's one of those where, as like writers kept changing or as they kept trying to do stuff, especially with with what Marvel has done to the Fantastic Four, she's like I'm I'm off. Yeah, I mean I'm, they I'm canceled the book a couple of years ago. Yeah, so it's and... like she doesn't really have a big reason to go there and said so she just spends a lot of her time like reading novels now
0: cool 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 so so when you were a kid you just had did you gravitated towards like captain america and was it by choice or was it just like that's what your mom was feeding you
2: no captain america was by choice i loved him it's because he, he was a cool like semi-regular I mean he has the super strength serum and stuff in him but he was more of like a regular dude that his weapon was a shield that's that's pretty unique and I like that he fought for American values which growing up in a conservative household was like this is cool that someone resembles the greatness of America and fights against like Nazis or just people that deserve it um the issues that I had the most of was I have like issue 357 to I think 422 I have that complete uh, all those issues. and i I read them a while ago. Like I'd say like six, seven years ago. That's and actually I, like I really an era of cap I've it.
0: never read a single story from. <laughs> so yeah.
2: I can't like I'm sure you know better than me. The coolest part about it is that his he has a uh, crossbones who is in the winter soldier. For, like briefly, but in this story, he trains Captain uh, Captain America's girlfriend at the time, or Steve Rogers' girlfriend, to like fight against him. He's trying to like train her. I thought that was such a cool arc, taking a dude's girlfriend and making her be a badass.
0: As we get, as you read more and more comics for the show, because a lot of one of the big arguments is continuity is like inaccessible for new fans. Do you feel like that's overblown or do you feel like when you pick up some of the books we give you that you're like, I have no idea what's happening?
2: Um, this is a, this is a kind of very interesting question because I sometimes I think it depends on the person because a lot of people won't mind if you like reference something like when, you know, Emerald Coast City was destroyed that you'll be like, OK, that's like a thing that happened. Whereas some other people would be like, but wh- why? Why was it blown up? What happened there? Mm -hmm. or like how did it affect these characters and it kind of depends whether or not you're just you like going into stories for the ride or if you're a person like me that I really like starting at the beginning and seeing how it changes over time so it can be real frustrating to like jump into the middle of a story and be like I don't understand anything that's happening here or like I want to understand the stuff that doesn't seem necessary but still helps flesh out the story more. It's like when we read uh, The Question. I was like, this Shiva person's really cool, and you guys are like, she fought Batman, she's a regular character, and now I want to read more Shiva stories, but I wouldn't have known that had I just read The Question on my mm-hmm. own.
0: Because one of the things that I struggled with, because I'm such a completionist and like continuity junkie, like you, that I want to start from the beginning, is a lot of characters, the early stuff is very hard to get into. Like, when we do those episodes on, like... Early Fantastic Four and Reed Richards is like the women are there to support the men and like stuff like that. Or like those DC stories where the Teen Titans have to like blow up a racism machine.
2: Not only that, but for, like, a lot of things for me, it's that the story's, like, not ambitious or it's just, like, silly. Like, here's an alien that comes and, like, colors things and people have to stop him from coloring a lot of things. (laughs) Yeah. It's, like, I don't care about that story because especially since our humor has changed over time, it's not that funny anymore.
0: Mm -hmm. So are you in favor of, like – I know – I remember in college you borrowed a bunch of early Batman stuff, like early retellings. So are you in favor of that, like, updated origin uh, mm, that that's a... uh,
2: Because,
0: like, when hmm. you start Batman, everybody starts with Batman year one, which yeah. is the beginning of Batman, but it was written in the 80s. So, you know, it's tough if you want to start from the beginning, but you also don't want to have to read 10,000 issues.
2: See, but the weird thing is, like, Batman year one isn't the beginning. That just tells his origin story again in, like, a really cool way. And I don't think, like, that's ultimately... All that helpful for a lot of people because it just tells you how they started. It doesn't tell you it's like, you know, who's the Riddler? When did he meet the Riddler? Oh, that's true. That's true. Like, what's the Riddler's origin and that kind of stuff. Because like,
0: like Batman four oh four to four oh eight is year one, and then in four oh nine, all of a sudden it's the origin of the second Robin and Dick Grayson is retired and he's Nightwing because it jumps yeah, back like, to the regular timeline. When did
2: this happen? Yeah, it, it's hard because comics are so massive, like the history and lore. Behind each character is so storied that anytime you're going to jump in, unless you're reading from the beginning, like you're going to get to, you're going to encounter a character you don't know, and you have to kind of learn to roll with that. To be like, that's okay if I don't know them.
0: So, do you think that the continuity helps to give it? Because, like, when you said you read the question and you're like, I want to read more of this character, more of this character. That's how I kind of did it. Where I started with the beginning for some characters. And then I was like, I want more of this, and I would go to the internet and find out where to go or whatever. But, like, how would you – so do you think that continuity helps or it can, it hurts?
2: Can, it can be a double-edged sword, I think. I think for a lot of comic book readers, people that are, already, like, avidly into it, it can help a lot because, you know, you're, you're branching over all these stories and having all these characters relate to each other. And it, it provides, like, more depth. Or nuance, or interesting situations—that's really cool and unique to the medium of comics, where you have such massive crossover. Whereas, like, w- if you're getting in for the first time, a lot of times things won't be explained because they kind of expect you to know the the character or the person. Like when Prometheus showed up in Midnighter, it was kind of like it was cool because I knew him. But had I not known him, i that would have meant nothing to me, and I would have been blown away that they t- explained nothing about mm-hmm. this guy. And I I think it hurts against a lot of new readers because it, you know, it's like trying to get into, like, a hobby and people are just telling you, it's like, well, you should know this or you have to, like, go study this on your own. You have to put a lot of work into it for something that's just, like, a a simple kind of pastime.
0: That's the thing is it is a lot of work for sure.
2: Yeah, like, with a lot of movies, it's like to see Alien, you don't have to watch a lot of things beforehand to, like, fully understand or, like, Mm -hmm. appreciate Alien. Do
0: you feel like the movies help kind of catch people up? Like, if you were, let's say, Captain America, and you didn't want to start from, like, the the 40s stuff or the 60s stuff when it was relaunched, do you think, like, if you watch the movie and then jump into a Captain America comic, that that's, like, a kind of way to have it, have your cake and eat it, too?
2: No, I, I think the movies do the same thing as, like, it, like year one. Where it's a great way to introduce you to the character, but because it's the comics and movies are actually so different and go along different storylines, like the Marvels, the film Civil War was a lot different from Civil War, Civil That's true. War, yeah, and the actual real historical Civil War, <laughs> yes, very different. So it's like those those don't relate to each other all that well. Like they're not analogous. I feel mm-hmm. it, it's a good way to be like, do you like what this character stands for? And if you do, you can explore more of them
0: okay yeah that's kind of how i I did it too so that that's cool were there any outside forces aside from continuity that pushed you away from comics like either when you were 10 and falling out of it or like getting into it now because sly used to always yell at me because he would talk to you and phil about all these great comic book things and then i'd be like no but here's all the dumb stuff
2: (laughs) (laughs) yeah you really love showing us the dumb stuff
0: and then, like, Sly so would always complain that I was ruining it for everybody.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, that's part and parcel of comics. It comes with fun stuff, cool stuff, and really dumb stuff. And you have to be like, these are all things that are in there. Gangbuster is a real guy, Sly. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Did you ever feel like the, like, not only, like, the reputation that they have, but, like, the culture surrounding them... Because I'm sure you see this a lot. We see it a lot in gaming, too, and any pop culture thing. Like, the new Doctor Who was a woman, and you get to see how toxic all the fans are. And any kind
2: of, like, nerd culture, especially.
0: Do you think that, from an outside perspective, do you think the comic nerd culture is any worse than others?
2: That's hard, because, like, I don't read a lot of blog posts from people trying to get into comics. Like, I, I read a lot of those from the gaming side. It's like what was gaming culture like and how does it affect people? But like I don't spend a lot of time reading it from the comic side so I, I don't know
0: because I I always am like, well, that's just the way it kind of is everywhere and it's terrible, but are we any worse? but like like you I only really read my purview and I don't really follow the gaming side. so mm-hmm. who knows? I'll have to find somebody that listens that does both. Yeah, <laughs> I gotta get me a man who can do both.
2: Uh, going back to what you said earlier about if there was anything else that pushed me away, I think the serialized format of comics helped not keep me interested. The fact that it goes on forever and you buy them in little tiny, you know, 22-page or 25-page bites. Mm-hmm. And there comes a point where, like, you either you don't catch up with the story or you, you just don't care to spend, you know, $4 a week on the stuff anymore that you, you let it drop off. Yeah. Um, actually, I forgot to mention that there were two comics I was getting during my middle school to like early high school era, and that, one of them was Spawn, because Spawn's really cool. At least like I thought that as someone did didn't read a lot of comics. <laughs> he was a guy that went to hell and became a, a, essentially like a demon. Just like us. And it, it was serious, you know, because Todd yeah. McFarlane was serious and edgy and dark. So I was like, this is, this is better than, you know, Spider-Man who just slings around on a web. This guy's like, this guy gets his wife cheated on, man. Gets uh, ironically,
0: it. Todd McFarlane rose to popularity because of relaunching Spider-Man, and then he moved on to Spawn.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he he co-created Venom. Uh, yeah. Th- I mean, that makes sense when you look at Venom. <laughs> yeah. Um, and the other comic I got, and I like, I I will never defend this about myself. All I'll say <laughs> is I don't know why. Is I got a lot of Sonic comics. <laughs> I think to defend myself, to go back on my statement. Sonic, since I was a Nintendo kid, Sonic was always kind of like this weird, special, like I was interested in what a lot of people saw in him, and I didn't have like the channel that got the Saturday morning cartoon, or I did, and I never got up early enough for it. I love
0: (laughs) that Sonic is like your forbidden fruit that you're like, dare (laughs) I?
2: Yeah, and Sonic Adventure always looks so cool, but I never owned a Dreamcast, so I was like, I just like, I wish I knew more about Sonic, so then, you know, you get the Archie run of the Sonic comics, which just recently ended, by the way. R.I.P. And it it was so like fascinating and bizarre, and I kind of want to know more about it because it's like I like video game characters, and he's the only one that had like he does have an expansive lore behind him.
0: Oh, we know.
2: Yeah, well, I mean, beyond (laughs) what fan fiction writers like, just the Archie (laughs) comics lore about it.
0: Yeah. uh, Side note for the listeners. We have read a lot of Sonic fanfiction. Don't know why, but <laughs> not,
2: it's, it's, not like not like a lot, a lot of it. A lot from one specific author. Okay, we're not gonna get slaniness. into this, but <laughs> okay.
0: it's very, it's very, we'll do it. Maybe we'll do a whole episode on it one day.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, it is an interesting. <laughs> I think it's interesting, <laughs> but yeah, I got a lot of Sonics and a lot of Spawns, and I don't know how to, well those two gel together. But I was like, I I did read. 50 to 60 issues of that's
0: a that's a them. good chunk
2: Yep. oh yeah
0: so the other thing I know you mentioned the serialized uh you know nature of it the single issues the other thing I want to talk to you about is when I first started getting into comics you recommended to me a lot of the totally standalone non like non-superhero more autobiographical kind of emotional tales like blankets or, like, Jeffrey Brown's books. When mm-hmm. did you find those? When did you come to those?
2: Uh, I believe that's all courtesy of my brother when he went to uh, Boston, I think it was, for his first year of college. He, he started getting into more. You know, that's where he got a lot of uh, music that I ended up really enjoying and loving, and, like, that's how I got introduced to Death Cab. Oh, okay. And, yeah, and he, he came back, and he was like, you should read, like, these books – Because they're really interesting, like, um, uh, Jimmy Corrigan. Yeah. You know, I think that was one of the first ones I read. Well, I know that you recommended to me Blankets and then Jimmy
0: Corrigan, and I was like, oh, I guess comics are my favorite thing forever now.
2: (laughs) Yeah, because that introduces to the medium of graphic novels where you're like, oh, like... These panels don't just have to be about superheroes doing cool things. They can be about this person telling you their experience or, like, just telling you a really sad story that you get emotionally invested in. And it, it it's a really great medium, I so s- still feel.
0: I know you've created some of my absolute favorite graphic novels ever. And what is it about that medium that appeals to you more so than, like, prose or any other medium for that matter.
2: Yeah, or just like standard art. It's because it can be both. You can draw something you know, you can you can express what you're trying to say through your drawing along with throwing in prose when it's needed. And it, it like it it's very open to being dialogue based, which I greatly enjoy. Like one of my favorite things about writing is writing dialogue because it feels a lot more natural than trying to be like uh very descriptive about some a setting. Or, like, what's happening between two people. And comics lend really well to dialogue because you're essentially, you're framing a shot with, like, a person doing something or talking to someone. Do you think graphic
0: novels, if, well, they're, I think they've pretty much lost the stigma of being, like, just for nerds nowadays with books like Mouse and Persepolis. But mm-hmm. do you think graphic novels are more accessible than prose for people that don't read often that often?
2: Uh, yeah, I'd say, like, if you, if you're not, like, an avid book reader, you're you're probably going to be, it's going to be easier for you to get into graphic novels, just because you're probably more accustomed to seeing, like, movies or shows, so you need, like, some visual element there.
0: I also feel like it lets you cut back on a lot of the flowery stuff that people complain about. Like, when you talk about, like, Tolkien or George R. R. Martin, a lot of times people complain about fantasy having too much description like I don't care about the food I don't care about the setting just like tell me the action and it's a lot easier to look at a picture on a page and be like oh okay I understand the setting than it is to hear it described for two pages Yep. and I, I that's one thing that I I don't know if I would have discovered as many of those kind of books if it wasn't through your suggestion but I remember like I started with Batman because like superheroes are cool and then Batman's s- cool Yeah. yeah and then seeing this whole other world was like fascinating to me. and I-, I wish more new readers would read stuff like blankets and realize it's not just like the Marvel movies on the page, you know?
2: Uh, yeah, it can be difficult because like to me, graphic novels and comics are actually very split in my head because one of them is mm-hmm. trying to tell very an inter like interpersonal story and the other one's like trying to it uh, comics can tell very personal stories. But more often than not, they lean towards more like bravado and more big, adventurous, grand, epic scale stuff or just more like fun stuff. Whereas graphic novels can be very anti-fun and purposely so. Mm -hmm. And that's why, like, I, I do feel like if you have a stigma against comics, which I don't even know if you're listening to us talk yeah right now. probably not <laughs> yeah. but if people did it's way easier to get them into graphic novels just to be like just like try and read this and like understand where this person is coming from why they chose this medium like Persepolis I read it just recently a couple of weeks ago at your house and it was a really good autobiographical piece of this woman's time living in Iran and uh, going to Europe mm-hmm. and it was like it like if you like auto Biographies. This this is the same kind of thing. It's just like there's a visual aid to it, mm-hmm. and I I don't understand why someone would like like one medium but still be like very anti the other. Like I I can't fathom how someone wouldn't like that.
0: I think that stigma is certainly going away. Oh yeah, but it's definitely not gone.
2: Yeah, it's it's definitely like I I feel like with the rise of comic book movies. I'm speaking on my ass here, no, but I feel totally like with the right. rise with the rise of it people have grown more like you know comics are cool like one of my sister's friends she used to always think they were so nerdy and now they are literally her favorite like genre of thing of all time like every superhero movie she has to see day one and she loves it and i think she's bought comics because of it and you know and she she absolutely did not grow up with it she grew Mm -hmm. up with disney and i think that's all she had
0: Because that's one thing that it's usually, it's interesting because I don't know too many casual comic fans. They're either, like, super into it or not. And that's, I think you're one of the few that, like, is a, you're, you know, you love the graphic novels and everything. But, like, casual comic where you're like, oh, I have some Captain America, I've read this, I'm kind of interested in this character. I feel like, I guess in most nerddoms, that's hard to find anyway.
2: I feel like it can be harder for comics because since they are, a, they're largely continuity based. That's true. Like it's hard to be a casual fan of something that you can't keep up with.
0: That's very true. And that's
2: yeah. one of the reasons why, like, I feel like I'm more of a fan than someone like Phil is that I will look at discussions about how DC's treating their new, you know, the reboot, how they're treating a lot of the different characters. Whereas I feel like if you only care about Batman, that's going to be something, you you know, that means nothing to you. Mm-hmm. Seeing it's like, well, what is there? the new 52 Super Rebirth, whatever it's called. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm a casual. <laughs>
0: yeah. But, I mean, you also host a comic book podcast, so I wouldn't say you're as casual as, well, I guess so does Phil. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> cool. Is there anything else you want to add? um uh shout out to Deathhead. head he was i forgot to mention that he captain america was like my favorite superhero for a time but i would say Deathhead head has still been my like all time as a kid i thought he was the coolest guy and not the first edition not the bounty hunter robot guy i meant the <laughs> the bio metal dude that can't be killed and has a shape-shifting arm and has awesome dreads how could you hear that and now be like, comics are awesome? And he's so colorful. Like, he's all primary colors, which is real goofy, but it, it works. That's I, I don't that's know. Awesome. I really want us to read Death's Head on the podcast. Okay. that's I, I will commit. Sly's not here. We're definitely going to. Well, Sly's read Death's Head, too, because I was like, oh, Death's Head. He's like, you read Death's Head? <laughs> it was done by Marvel UK.
0: That's oh the Marvel UK stuff I've heard is like crazy. But anyway, we're getting off. T- off
2: topic. <laughs> yeah, we're talking about comics <laughs> yeah. on a casual comic podcast.
0: Cool. So next time you next time Daryl and I talk, it'll be on a
2: real episode with Phil. Isn't that exciting? Oh wow, he's been gone for so long.
0: I know. Cool. Well, thank you so much, Daryl. All
2: right. Yep, I've been Deathhead.
0: <laughs> we don't we don't have to end these segments like
2: that. I've been Deathhead.
0: Okay, and I've been saying goodbye. See you later. <laughs> Bye. Hey, I'm here with Matt, who our listeners might recognize from the Captain America episode. Hey, Matt. Hello. Today, we're talking about new being a newer comic book fan. Now, I know... All our listeners are going to be like, but wait, Matt said he read Captain America comics as a kid. But you didn't, like, stick around the hobby, right?
3: No. I I read maybe 14 comics. Cool. Until. So
0: that, I found that with a lot of people is that they pick it up a little bit, like, as kids. Like, everybody has, you know, their, like, box of comics or whatever. And then they,
3: like, fall out of it. So what brought
0: you back?
3: What brought me back was... Around the same time I started listening to Divisive Issues, I stumbled upon the Sonic the Hedgehog comics.
0: Now, people might laugh. From what I hear, those are, like, really good. I'm gonna have to take your word for it. (laughs) I have only read, like, the first, like, four issues or something. But, like, I think there's some legal thing that, like, they're ending it now And I I was reading this morning, actually, a whole long forum thread about how, like, this is a travesty and, like, what's going to happen to Princess Sally and all these weird (laughs) things. But I I I mean, they're actually pretty good.
3: I would totally read them. Uh, Part of part of what they drew my attention was there's a pizza place in my hometown and the guy that runs it used to buy comics. He'd buy Archie comics and he'd buy Sonic comics and just leave them in the lobby. Okay, but cool. Well, he didn't read them, so frequently you'd get, like, Issue 1, followed immediately by Issue 5. Okay. An incoherent order. But I I think they popped up on my Amazon recommendations? It's like semi-recently? Yeah. Fairly recently. I was like, hmm, maybe I should get into comics. And then I started listening to divisive issues, and I'm like, hmm, I'm gonna go buy some comics.
0: I don't want listeners to think that I brought you on just to like pat us on the back about how important we are, but that's, that's awesome. So did you start with the Sonic books?
3: No, I actually ended up starting with Lobster Johnson. I
0: have no idea what that is.
3: Okay. So Hellboy. Okay. It's in the Hellboy universe. Uh, Lobster Johnson is in the same art style, but it's, it's almost Noari.
0: Okay.
3: He, he's not a superhero. He runs around in, like, a mechanic's jumpsuit and a World, One, World War One pilot helmet with the goggles. And he's got, like, this weird brand that's a lobster claw that whenever he kills somebody, he stamps him on the head with it. Okay. So is it more, like, grim and gritty? It is, but the art doesn't really capture it. Okay. <laughs> the art's very similar... To what you would see in a Sunday morning comic.
0: Okay, that's really interesting. Have you... Was this your first time reading, like, Hellboy comics? Yes. Were you drawn to them from, I guess, the movies?
3: Yes, because in the movies, Hellboy and I have the same birthday. Okay.
0: (laughs) It's like how I love apples because I have the same birthday as Johnny Appleseed.
3: (laughs) I mean, that's reasonable. (laughs) I, I didn't know where to start so I went with just an arbitrary mm, close enough okay so do you
0: when you made the jump to superhero comics did you do the same kind of thing where like you saw a movie and really liked it and wanted to check out that character?
3: Well I knew right away I wanted to start with Captain America
0: yeah I think we covered that yeah <laughs> completely and that was more from a kid but I mean like as you expanded out,
3: was it, um,
0: or was it more from just like internet recommendations?
3: It had a lot to do with internet recommendations, but some of my childhood friends stayed into comics. Okay. So like one of them sent me Hush, uh, the Batman book Hush. And I read that and I thought it was okay. Didn't really blow me away. And then another, his, I guess fiance now sent me, uh, oh, she's going to hate me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even remember his name.
0: Can you describe it? We'll track it. We'll figure out what it is.
3: Marvel, Archer, Half-Death.
0: Hawkeye? Hawkeye. There we go. Okay. Was it the first <laughs> volume of Matt Fractions Hawkeye? Probably. That was the first comic I gave to uh, my fiance, I believe, as we were at the comic shop, and I was like, you should read this here.
3: <laughs> I remembered really enjoying it, but only because there was a, a little arc where the dog was the main character. It's
0: a dog! <laughs>
3: that was... Yeah. That That made my life.
0: So it seems like you were kind of drawn just to characters, like you were just open to whatever.
3: Pretty much, yeah. Cool. I mean, I read the Flintstones trade. Um so good. It is so good. I, I made my girlfriend sit down and read it, and she doesn't like comic books or manga. And I, I, I traded making dinner one night to get her to read it.
0: <laughs> A man after my own heart. So yeah, if anyone hasn't listened to uh, if anyone hasn't read the Flintstones comic, we have an episode on that. That was one of my favorites to record. So I recommend it. How long have you been reading comics like more regularly?
3: Coming up on 8 months now. Okay. So what
0: formats are you drawn to? Like do you read like the monthly single issues or just
3: trades or do you go digital? I prefer trades, but I will do the occasional webcomic.
0: Okay. So what is it about the single issue that turns you off?
3: Anyone who knows me, or anything about me, knows I travel all the freaking time. And I tried one single issue, one set of single issues of the Dark Souls comic. Okay. And by the time I finally settled down and finished them and got them back on the shelves, they looked like my 14-year-old nephew had read them. They were just destroyed.
0: Gotcha. So you need that, like either like the hardcover or softcover like much more bound edition
3: yeah i need something that can survive an experience with me
0: cool that definitely makes sense so since you're kind of going by just recommendations and stuff that people tell you are you ever like intimidated picking up a comic that's like in the middle like hush is i think like somewhere in the batman like 600s is yeah. that or do you find that since you're getting trades you don't really notice that but is it ever really intimidating to like get into a character with such a long history like Batman
3: Sometimes it it does get pretty intimidating like I was looking to get into Spider-Man specifically the Spider-Gwen comics mm-hmm. and I don't know if it was just the the particular comic book guy I was talking to that day but he's like well you need to read this Spider-Man trade and this Spider-Man trade to understand what's going on here. And really you should start here. And I had no interest in buying that comic book
0: (laughs) for characters like Spider-Man and Batman and Superman there's, and the X-Men there's often more than one book being published at once. So, like, for... In the 90s, Spider-Man had, like, four titles. Batman always has Detective Comics and Batman. Does that... Does that... How confusing is that for you?
3: Fairly. But I've, I've taken to just... Okay, Wikipedia. You are my best friend right now. Tell me yes. where these all fall into place. Because
0: there used to be, like, these encyclopedias you would buy that would have all the characters that, like, listed. Yep. But... I definitely, I, I when I first started reading comics, Wikipedia was, like, my best friend. I know we talked about it on the Captain America run, but aside from Ed Brubaker's cap, have you read any really long-form comic book runs?
3: Does Bone count?
0: Yeah, no, Bo- Bone counts. Bone's a pretty long book.
3: Okay, yeah so, yeah. so,
0: which do you prefer? Do you prefer the shorter? Like, Hush is a pretty short story. Or do you like the longer, like, closure?
3: It kind of depends on my mood. Mm-hmm. Like I'm, I'm pretty prone to, oh, today's Tuesday. I'm gonna binge watch all of Futurama for the rest of the week. Okay. Or oh, today's Wednesday. I'm just gonna watch movies relentlessly, in my free time. So you're and... definitely
0: open to both long and short
3: form. Oh yeah, definitely. Cool,
0: cool. Because I know, like, at the when I first started, I wanted like these long, big runs, because I wanted to really absorb the character and then someone would recommend like one single issue and I would be like, that's that's like the way they used to do it. It's super compressed. I like these more spread out things. But now, like I'll recommend one Superman issue to somebody and it will redefine how they look at the character. So I'm glad to hear that you're open to both. (laughs) So we mentioned the continuity being hard to pierce sometimes. Did you hit any outside roadblocks when you started getting really into comics? Like You mentioned the comic shop guy that was really pushing the big stuff that you weren't interested in. Was there any other, like, internet nerds that were up your ass about it? Or, like, you know, people in shops that really pushed you away from
3: anything? Yeah. There there are two main stores by where I live. And I'm not going to name the one because I'm about to trash talk it. (laughs) But the other one is The Source. And they are wonderful. They'll, oh, you're looking for this? Okay, here it is. You're looking for things like this? Well, here are like 10 things that are similar to what you want. But the other shop is... What's the nice way to say it? They suck. Okay. The owner prefers DC over Marvel.
0: Hey, there's nothing wrong with that. Some of your favorite podcast hosts prefer DC over Marvel.
3: That's fine, but you don't, (laughs) like... You don't force your beliefs upon me. Fair enough. Because I was looking for X-Men comics. I was thinking of breaking into that, and he's like, well, we don't really sell any of those here, and I can't really order them for you, but
0: you could try. Wait, 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 wait.
3: Yeah, he doesn't.
0: That's insane. Yeah. They are like...
3: Okay, whatever, continue. I apologize. (laughs) I don't know if it's his market, but he prefers uh, Orbit. I think Dark Horse.
0: Okay, so he's more indie stuff, I suppose.
3: Yeah, he does a lot of either chooses or... That's what his market is to sell indie stuff and DC stuff. And there's actually surprisingly quite a bit of that in Wisconsin.
0: I mean, I understand because some comic shops, like, you can't find the indie stuff at all. So I could see him definitely having a corner of the market that way. But having just DC and not Marvel is so weird.
3: Yeah. And there's a shop uh, not far from where my parents live, not far being like an hour and a half, that doesn't sell DC at all. That's so, it's like,
0: why eliminate half of your customer base? But whatever, that's far beyond yeah. for me. So uh, so was it that he was just, like, actively trying to push his taste on you?
3: Yes, and I, I got that a fair amount. And I don't mind, you know, people recommending things that are in their taste to me, mm-hmm. but when I ask for it. Yeah. But, you know, I would get that, like, even at Barnes & Noble, I would walk in looking for a specific trade and they're like, well, we don't have that, but... And it's always the same guy. He's like, but you could try this thing. And I'm like, I don't want that thing. I'm a college student, and almost all of my money comes from the government, which isn't a lot, or what I can make through my own means. And I have my $25 to spend on comics, and I don't want to try something new. I want the thing that I want. Fair enough. I When I was in
0: college and just falling in love with comic books, I used to take surveys online for Amazon gift cards. And I would do it for hours and hours and get like 50 cents, a dollar, stuff like that until I could buy trades. So I get it.
3: (laughs) I've actually had surprisingly good luck at the public library.
0: Public libraries are such an asset for like new comic book fans because they'll order stuff. I know uh, head of the network, Malcolm Supreme Overlord, has really pushed that for a lot of our listeners. Like go to the library and if they don't have it, just ask and you have access to your entire state's library. They'll you know do interlibrary loans and stuff. And that's such a valuable asset. Where do you feel the most comfortable browsing comics? At Barnes & Noble, at a comic shop, or in the library?
3: Overall, probably at the library. Like, our, our library is run by these nice old ladies that, uh, have, that assume they're all Archie Comics. Okay. Or some variant of that. But by, by far, the source is my favorite place to browse comics. That's
0: awesome. Do, do they like know you there when you go in? Do they know your taste a little bit?
3: Yeah, the they're starting to learn. Um, the the shop kind of has a, a split. There's the older guys that have been doing comics forever. Mm-hmm. And this is just what they've done forever. And then there are the there's the 30-somethings that started working there. And I've really hit it off with several of the people in the 30-something age group.
0: Are there any characters? Because this is the big point of contention with Sly and Phil often. Where when Phil prejudges characters and stuff. Are there any characters that you thought when you first saw them were going to be really dumb or boring that you came around to really
3: love? I feel terrible saying this. The Black Panther. Okay. Well, why? I just thought it was a guy catwoman. Okay. The thing that's so interesting
0: about that is so much of comic book characters are based on design. That, like, when you look at him, thinking he's a guy catwoman seems totally reasonable to me. If you don't know about, like, his history at all.
3: Yeah, like I thought. Oh, you're, a uh, Black Widow reskinned in a cat suit. Okay, and you have boy parts. <laughs> Next.
0: Well, comics do have so much of that, like Supergirl, Superwoman, Batgirl, bat yep. Woman, those kind of counterparts. And Spider Girl,
3: anybody, Spider Gwen.
0: Yeah, there, there's lots of those gender swaps or just palette swaps or different versions of the same character and stuff like that. That I could easily see that. So, are there any characters that you thought you would love? And when you started reading, you are like, Ah, maybe these aren't for me. Uh, Doctor Strange.
3: Really? What Doctor Strange did you read? I read a couple of um, free comics on Amazon Prime. Okay. And they were probably older, but the, I'm quickly realizing I'm not a huge fan of the universe spanning arcs where the whole universe is going to get destroyed. I'm more interested in
0: cosmic
3: comics, cosmic comics. Thank you.
0: Cosmic Marvel and cosmic DC. That's like almost a separate universe.
3: Yeah. I'm, I'm quickly learning. I'm more interested in heroes like ghost rider where, or the punisher where they're street level. They're not, you know, they're not fighting for the safety of a planet. They're fighting for, the temporary safety of a street Mm -hmm.
0: i I find that especially for new fans street level stuff is so much more accessible and relatable
3: oh yeah i used to
0: be really anti big picture cosmic stuff but i got into it over time but it took a long time and it's definitely not for everybody
3: i imagine it's like a pool it is the deep end of the pool and you gotta yeah (laughs) you gotta work your way through the kiddie pool to get there
0: yeah, there's also a lot of suspension of disbelief that goes into that stuff that you have to like know the medium to be able to be like, oh yeah, this is the concept of eternity that he's talking yeah. to. Like, okay, I guess.
3: <laughs> or like, okay, he is fighting demons now. Uh, sure. Yeah, let's. Yeah,
0: sure, that's fine. <laughs>
3: yeah, that's fine. It's normal.
0: So my very last question: What character do you think that you will check out next?
3: Ooh, Who is that's on a tough your one. horizon. Now, oh, let's keep see in
0: mind, she... there are characters that I have said, I'm going to get into them next, and that was five years ago that I've never read. So I will not I will not be following up with a quiz or anything.
3: Despite my initial fascination with Hellboy, I never actually read any Hellboy comics. So I'm going to go with Hellboy.
0: Yeah, go get back to your roots where you started.
3: <laughs> Good old <laughs> Lobster Johnson.
0: That's awesome. Well, thank you so much, Matt, for talking to me.
3: Yeah, thanks for having me on. Bye. Bye.
0: I'm here with Tracy. Hey, Tracy. Hi, Ryan. (laughs) (laughs) So any regular member of our Facebook group probably knows you because you're just in the Facebook group a lot and you're a big comrade contributor, I suppose. (laughs) So... You are a relatively new comic book fan, right?
4: Yes. As of last year is when I started reading more actively. I had read a little bit here and there in the years past, but not super much until last year.
0: Okay, cool. So what? So why did you start picking up comics?
4: Um, initially it was because I grew up with superhero movies, the first wave, the X-Men's, the Raimi Spider-Man's, those were a huge part of my childhood and um, I wasn't really super familiar with the stories. I knew a little bit here and there, but I wanted to know more. So the first sort of things I read were um, some issues, like major issues pertaining to Spider-Man and Mary Jane. I read The, the Death of the Stacys since that informed the, the later, the Mark Webb films. And I was sort of, you know, interested in knowing a little bit more, but it wasn't until the last year that I sort of found my entry point in something that I was really interested in pursuing further.
0: So it was, it was the movies that brought you in? Yeah. Cool. (laughs) When you saw the movies and said, I want to read more about these characters, was it the characters or the stories? Like, did you want to know more Spider-Man or did you like want to see the stories the movies grew from?
4: I wanted to sort of see the character dynamics like I was most interested in like Spider-Man and Mary Jane like Peter and Mary Jane's relationship and sort of how that developed I didn't not always was I following the um the stories that the movies were coming from just because so many of them sort of like take it as a starting point and then veer off course. Mm -hmm. So, um, and then it was was only later when I started reading Batgirl because of what happened with The Killing Joke that I started, you know, looking at, okay, these are the stories that certain things are based on.
0: Gotcha, gotcha. So that it was more just like the characters and then the specifics came later. So was it, when you started jumping into comics, was it really intimidating to pick up like volumes that didn't start at issue one or did you just jump right in?
4: Um I jumped right in the Spider-Man and Mary Jane stuff I read was specifically a trade that just collected like specific issues about their relationship so I didn't really feel lost or like I was missing anything it was pretty easy to you know connect with what was going on and what they were going through personally
0: yeah. Cool. So did you find, like, did you gravitate more towards the stuff catered to new readers?
4: Yeah. Like I read um, Spider-Man Blue, Daredevil Yellow, that sort of thing that was sort of like retelling of stuff that had already happened for people that, you know, weren't familiar with the things that had come before. That ha- was... So,
0: I, I mean, I love those retellings yeah, okay. a lot. They're really, really good. But did you ever go back and have you read any older comics that those stories are retelling?
4: Um, I don't think so. Yeah, other than, like, The Death of the Stacys, I don't think I've read anything, like, classic super much.
0: We, both of us keep using air quotes yeah. as if this isn't a podcast. <laughs> but, Sorry. No, I do, I do it constantly. <laughs> and because my voice is so naturally sarcastic, you can't even tell. So, okay, so that's one big divide with new readers and old readers mm-hmm. is, I do the same exact thing where I was like, I don't want to read any of this old yeah. stuff. It's so dated and boring. And then I came to love it later Mm. but it's definitely not like hey read some of the 60s (laughs) stuff and you're like this is great so what would you recommend to new fans to do the same kind of thing just go with like the stuff that's designed for that purpose
4: I think it's sort of the best way in because a lot of the times it's sort of been updated and more like brought in line with the characters as we know them today. Mm -hmm. Whereas, you know, if you start with the older stuff, it might be like, what the hell? This isn't Batman, you know, that we know, you know, Batman's using a gun. Why is that? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So I I think it's sort of the best way to get a grounding in who they are today. And then it can be interesting to go back and see the past.
0: Okay. Yeah. So I kind of treat continuity the same way as I treat it more like backstory than... You know, the, it's more like when I do research on Wikipedia, but mm-hmm. I want to read the source yeah. instead. Cool. So when you started reading comics,
3: mm-hmm.
0: did you hit any, like, really heavy continuity roadblocks that, like, when you started picking up books where you were like, wait, I have no idea what's going on. Or did you get lucky?
4: Um, I think I got pretty lucky, and I think I was always able to sort of, I'm really good at, like, Wikipedia, just like any, you can find any information that you need on, you know, like DC Wiki or any of those. Mm-hmm. I can ask people like you that know way more than me. <laughs> so it's, You flatter you know, me. Yes, yeah, so you know that the number of times I send you a question like, does this get expanded on in any way at all? So
0: Yeah, we had a lot of those huge walls of <laughs> yeah. text conversations between the two of us. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I did the same kind of thing, but more with, like, internet forums, and yeah. then when I started hanging out with Sly and Joe, it was, like, a whole other thing.
3: Yeah.
0: But, uh, cool. So, now, what about, were there any outside forces that made it harder for you to get into comic books?
4: Well, I had been to a comic book store, the the one local to um, our college, and it was, it was fine. It was a nice place, but I, I just never felt super welcome as a girl. It was, you know, sort of, you know, you walk in, it's kind of like, what's she doing here? And I, um, it was always when I, um, was a kid and I was walking with, you know, my stepdad in the mall, you know, I'd want to go into like the video game store and I would be like, you know, to my stepdad, come in with me, please. Cause you know, I, ne- I didn't really feel like super welcome walking into these places, mm-hmm. but I, I got better the past year. I found that people are, um, really helpful. I've interacted with a lot of male clerks that just want to, you know, talk and f- say, you know, Oh, have you read this before? You know, are you interested? You know, what, you know, made you pick this up, you know? So I feel like I've found now that i've been seriously visiting a lot more comic book shops i found a lot more places where i feel welcomed than not but there's definitely sort of like the fake geek girl thing Mm -hmm. and those sorts of people but i haven't run into too many of those not as many as i would have expected
0: so to go back to when you first started going Mm. into uh shops was it, like, the staff that was, like, that weird vibe? What are you doing here? Yeah. was it more the fans?
4: It's usually the staff. Not all the places I go into are super crowded. It really just mm-hmm. depends on when you go. But a lot of the time, sometimes it's, like, the staff is, like, old white guys. You know, it's kind of... Like,
0: sometimes? Yeah, sometimes. Every time.
4: Yeah. <laughs> it's, like, a lot of, like, you know, hey, honey, like, how you doing? I'm kind of like, I'm good, you know? That's so, awful. Yeah. So it's, you know, it, it and, you know, sometimes they're nice enough, you know, they want to know if you're looking around, like, you know, are you looking for anything in particular, but it's, you know, it only when they start to really actively engage me in conversation as a person do I feel, you know, mm. more comfortable talking to them.
0: So what do you think, two part, what do you think comic shops could do to make it less uncomfortable for like, especially younger women to go in?
4: I think there's a lot of, um, you know, there's a lot of great female-led titles right now, either, you know, written by women or, you know, or created by women, you know, with the drawing or, um, featuring strong women protagonists. Like, I, I love Lumberjanes, you know, Miss Marvel, that sort of thing. And, um... I know that a lot of shops are being really good about promoting those and, you know, putting those front and center. I know that like Supergirl has, you know, the show has driven a lot of mm-hmm. you know, young female readers, especially young queer female readers to the comic book stores. And I, I think there, you know, as long as there's staff members that are willing to talk to them and ask them, you know, why they're there, if there's anything they're looking for or anything they'd like to see, I think that we would be moving in the right direction.
0: At the same time I could see it easily being like, Maybe don't talk to them when yeah. they walk in. <laughs> so you think that it just the welcomeness could be helped along greatly just by like the layout of the store?
4: Yeah, I think it, you know, as long as these things are, you know, front and center so that you know they're there. Because if it's your first time, you know, walking in, I've know that there's been times where I've gone in that I don't know, you know, where I'm looking for mm-hmm. what I'm looking for.
0: Because so. we heard from Matt earlier in the episode, you did not, but <laughs> some people did, the, the listeners did, that he had, there's certain stores by him that, like, don't sell DC or don't sell yeah. Marvel. And, like, that, you should be able to tell that right away yeah. when you walk in. So, and do you have any, ex? do you have any stories of, like, specifics where it was extra either one way or the other? Like, extra terrible or extra, like... Wow, this is great! I should come back here instead of going to the other place.
4: Um, there's a lot of really great places I've been to. Um, I had been to Midtown Comics in the city a lot, even when I wasn't actively reading comics. They're really great. Did you see Henry while you were there? I don't know, but I must have. (laughs) He said that he always worked Saturdays. I must have seen him. Um, the Escape Pod Comics in Huntington is really great. Um, you know, Fourth World. A lot of the staff has been really helpful. So they're, you know, they're all, you know, really nice guys. They were always, you know, if I had any questions. They were always really active, you know, talking to me.
0: I'm gonna quickly do three plugs right there because <laughs> Midtown, look for Henry, because Henry's great Actually, no, he does marketing now, so he might not be there, but whatever. And Escape Pod sells disgraced co-host Joe his books. So definitely pick up like Blackwoods and Tales from uh Tales of Happenstance while you're there. I almost said Tales from Static, just for natural <laughs> There's, I guess, the fourth plug. And Fourth World is my shop. So if you go (laughs) 10 minutes after we're done recording, or a lot of times, I'll be there. So, cool. So, what kind of... Do you actually... Do you follow books monthly?
4: Um, there's only two I'm following right now, uh, Gail Simone's Crosswind and then an Orphan Black title that's running right now. I prefer the the trade waiting just to get the story all at once and mm-hmm. just because it's a little bit sturdier. But I've also found that I'm not cut out for trade waiting. Like when I started Wonder Woman and I was like, fuck, I really want to know what happens. <laughs> yeah. So I think I will start probably following Wonder Woman monthly and, you know, others I'll probably decide whether, you know, I like really want to know the story right away. So
0: is that what makes you decide which way to go? Yeah. Just your urgency? <laughs> See? Yes. <laughs> I, I feel... I actually, because I follow so many titles, I care so little about staying current with most of them that I just buy books that I, like, really want to be like, please don't cancel this. Please. <laughs> yep. Or, like, if I bitch about something for a long time, I and then they do the thing I wanted to happen, yeah. like, I have to buy it monthly because, like, I'm not... I'm trying not to be a hypocrite. So, do you ever read digitally? Yes. So, how did you... When did you start reading digitally? Was that early or later on?
4: Um, sort of in the middle. I read um paperbacks first for a while, but the digitally just came about because it's I think it's easier for me to follow titles um monthly that way, just because it's subscriptions, they just get, you know, delivered instantly. Mm-hmm. You know, um it's partly, you know, like the comicsology sales are really great. I've been able to pick up a lot of stuff, you know, really cheap, you know, so it's um I don't <laughs> I don't read on a tablet right now, I read on my laptop because I don't have a tablet. It's led to some problems like the bad man the court of owls with the labyrinth pages Oh, where... <laughs> so
0: if listeners don't know the pages get flipped upside down
4: yes and you know folded outwards and so it was when i was with my laptop holding it upside down <laughs> about two inches from my face terrified that i would end up in the emergency room that i started questioning this reading digitally thing
0: yeah i mean when i see that's one thing when i read it in a single issue when it was first coming out i was like this is so cool <laughs> and i remember being in i actually read that issue in an optometrist office i was in the way <laughs> room and i was turning it upside down and i realized wow the people here must think i'm <laughs> blind and, don't, and can't read and really need glasses <laughs> so one thing that i i've noticed is a lot of those titles that you mentioned earlier like mm. lumberjanes and miss marvel i don't know about lumberjanes but i know miss mm. marvel have vast increases in sales digitally yeah do you think that's because of the like new reader or because possibly the women reader base that they have
4: yeah i think that might be part of it just because of how awkward a lot of women might feel walking into a shop and you know physically interacting with people and i think it's partly you know just the ease of like i said being able to read it you know right away i know for me you know my e-reader is just you know if i want to buy a book at 2 in the morning i can you know buy it <laughs> online you know i don't have to wait to go to a bookstore so i i think that's definitely part of it is the ease and the immediacy of just being able to get to it right away
0: do you think dc and marvel should push their digital line more.
4: I think they they do quite a bit as it is, honestly. But I, I I'm not sure if you know many people know just how accessible the old stuff is between like Marvel Unlimited and mm-hmm. you know all of those services
0: and like the th- pro- program like that the DC has that doesn't exist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So if any listeners don't know, Marvel Unlimited is like basically Netflix, mm-hmm. right? Do you have Marvel
4: Unlimited? No, but I know of it.
0: Yeah, Yeah, I, it's one of those things that if I didn't already own all the comic books on it, it would be fine. (laughs) It's like, I love, I love the idea. Yeah, for sure. So to go back to just your attachment to comics Mm -hmm. in general, are there any characters that you thought were really dumb or like that you had no interest in and then somebody like somebody gave you a book and proved you wrong?
4: I think I just, you know, for a while, my only exposure to Batman was the Nolan movies. And I just really, you know, I, I didn't see the fascination, but um, I started reading with Batgirl. And then um, when I got, you know, more into reading Batman, I was like, wow, I really love, you know, and care about Bruce Wayne. Shocked the hell out of me when I was crying in a car in Montreal after reading The Long Halloween when Bruce Wayne's parents were dying. So it was...
0: Wait, it, spoilers! Yeah.
4: <laughs> in case you didn't know you guys yeah yeah, it was you know you know all all, I spent all this time you know thinking you know it's true he is partly you know this like white male power fantasy but you know when I realized that there really is this just this sheer depth of character to him as a father figure and you know someone that really cares about the people that he takes on as wards, I just had no idea from the films that you know his character was that rich
0: so that's so interesting to me because so you got into comics because of superhero movies yeah but then avoided batman for the same reasons where for for me it's a total opposite where Mm -hmm. i started reading comics because of the nolan films Mm -hmm. and then yeah i know listeners are like oh my god he's such a new fan (laughs) yeah i know I'm, i'm a poser or whatever but that and then later on i like got into more Like, I certainly didn't get into Green Lantern for the movie, (laughs) that's for sure, but, like, Marvel introduced me to a lot of their characters, but it was the Nolan movies that I was like, oh, such depth, wow.
4: Yeah, it was definitely, for me, because the Marvel movies, you know, came first in a lot of ways and really did a lot of the trailblazing, I was much more attached to those characters than, you know, the DC characters I really didn't know a whole lot about until I started reading
0: So, do you consider yourself, like, a Marvel fan now?
4: Um, actually, I've I've read more DC just because they felt a little bit easier to jump into. Marvel, I've felt a little bit... There, I've definitely felt, you know, locked out of some of the continuity just because there's so much.
0: So, what is it about DC that makes you feel like they're easier to get into?
4: I think it was a lot of the, you know, like I was saying, the retellings, like, the Long Halloween and things like that, that make, you know, the early history more accessible. Like, when I started... The thing I started seriously reading comics with was Batgirl with the new 52 which basically just jumped off of the killing joke I knew about the events of the killing joke without even having read it so it was easy for me to know okay Barbara Gordon was shot Barbara Gordon had been paralyzed now she's not that I was able to just jump straight in I didn't have any problems picking it up and understanding what was going on So it was, it definitely made it a lot easier that there is, I felt like with some of the New 52 stuff in particular, it was kind of just, you know, okay, here's your starting point. This is the stuff that happened in the immediate past, go.
0: So that's what DC was trying to do with the New 52. And most of it, us thought it was a huge failure, Yeah, but it's, (laughs) I mean, that's awesome that it obviously worked for new fans
4: yeah and rebirth has been working for me in the same way like i had never read wonder woman before in my life and i was able to just pick it up and jump straight in
0: Uh, editorial note rebirth is a thousand times better than the new (laughs) 52 was (laughs) so that's awesome so counterpoint Mm -hmm. were there any characters that you were super excited to get into because of movies and then you read and you're like maybe this isn't for me I
4: haven't found any yet, but I think that's partly just because with, like, the movies I know better are Marvel, and I feel like, you know, I I haven't found, like, a good jumping in point with, like, the X-Men or, you know, certain things like that. Uh, There are none. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And I know from what you guys have said that, like, the movies maybe don't handle those characters particularly well, so I know that I would probably read the titles and be like, what the fuck, I don't know anything (laughs) about who this character is from the movies. Yeah,
0: I mean, the X-Men are to a point that I've read... Almost every issue of X-Men ever. And I'll see a splash page and I'm like, I don't know who 10 of these people are. So, yeah, I mean, but that's like a special case. I feel like all the continuity complaints, the X-Men are more so... difficult to pierce
4: yeah I think I've I've just had far more experiences where the characters that I was already familiar with were just you know even better than I could have hoped for John Constantine was another one because I was again I was a huge fan of the movie which isn't a particularly great representation (laughs) of who Constantine is but when I and then I I watched the show which is a better representation of Constantine and then having you know dove into the comics it was like everything I wanted it to be and more
0: it also seems like you do some more research. Yeah. Where you don't just go to the store and say, "I'll pick up the first Constantine book I see." Yeah. No. You like, <laughs> like I used to sit in forums all the time, yeah. but like you go on Wikipedia. Yeah. You know, You talk to your local comic book podcast. Yeah. <laughs> and like, make sure that you're not picking up volume 17 of yeah, some no. <laughs> whatever.
4: I can't do that. <laughs> yeah.
0: So is that the is that what you would say to new fans? Is do the same thing? Like, do a little bit of research.
4: I mean, I know some people have you know just picked up a random book and been completely fine but for me it's been definitely more rewarding sort of starting from the clearest beginning point that i can find and going forward
0: well to to yeah. quote joe one of the i think wisest things joe ever said to me was mm-hmm. i was like i gotta start at the beginning issue ones only <laughs> and joe was like well when you meet someone you don't start at the beginning of their lives like you you like get to know them how they are now and then you like learn their backstory as they like trust yeah. you more and they open up to you and i'm like crying in the cafeteria like this is the most beautiful thing i've ever heard. <laughs>
4: <laughs> it's like the most like interesting perspective I've ever heard. Like, yeah. That's super meta. It like <laughs> totally changed my life.
0: <laughs> but uh, yeah, so make sure you guys buy Joe's books. It's a beautiful soul. And uh, so what final question, mm-hmm. what character do you think you'll check out next?
4: Um, I think um outside of the some of the Spider-Man stuff that I had read, I've never really like sat down and read like a full like spider-man story and um you know other than those like scattered issues that i had read here and there so when i saw homecoming i was super fucking pumped yes. walking out of that theater and i went straight to the comic book store and i bought ultimate spider-man like yes the first, the okay. first trade so like that's definitely like next like on the list like top tier <laughs>
0: full full device of issue stamp of approval <laughs> yes. on ultimate spider-man for sure <laughs> that is awesome Cool. Well, thank you so much thank for you. joining me. <laughs> and uh, we'll see you in the Facebook group. It so we're back, Ariel and I. How was that amazing episode?
1: It was so fun and so many opinions.
0: <laughs> Great. So. I just have to do a quick plug for the Comrade Radio Network. I don't have to. I want to. They're great. Yeah. What show should I plug? Plug film. Okay. So I'm going to plug Falling in Love Montage with Helen and Valerie. They talk about chick flicks and it's super great. And I'm also going to mention the Comrade Radio spooky campfire episode that Malcolm put together. That's really, really good. It has stories by Daryl, who you heard in this episode. Sly, who you usually hear on these episodes. Helen from film. And Ryan Healy from Tales from the Static, and also Malcolm does really cool stuff, and it's great, and it's spooktacular.
1: Look at that! <laughs> so everyone should check. <laughs> <laughs>
0: everyone should check that out, and all the other great shows at ComradeRadio.com. And while you're sitting on your computer, you should rate, review, and subscribe to us on iTunes. And also, we have a project now, called Game Man's Honor, where we play D&D on Twitch and YouTube. The Twitch channel is Stoop Kid Lives On, like my Twitter handle, and the D&D channel is Game Man's Honor on YouTube. So you should check those out. And one other plug, while I'm here and Phil and Sly and Daryl aren't here to stop me, <laughs> Michael, who you might know who guested on the season finale of Tales from the Static, And I have a podcast that I've mentioned a couple times called we'll get it right next year where we guess the plot of the film We Bought a Zoo for a year. And it's great. And you should check that out on iTunes and Stitcher and all that stuff. And Helen from Film, again, for the third time, is on every episode as our social media manager. So lots of Helen love here at Device of Issue Studios. Anything you want to add, Ariel?
1: Just throwing some love. (laughs) Just throwing
0: some love. Heart reacts only? Heart
1: reacts only. (laughs) Love, 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 love.
0: So, thank you so much for listening to Divisive Issues. I've been making Ariel record this intro and outro with me.
1: <laughs> and I've been throwing some love all over this podcast.
0: Stay in continuity.
1: .com, independent podcasting network.